grace to you and peace from our God and Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, dear friends, it was the height of the Depression in Flint, Michigan. A Sunday school teacher at a church in this city was uh, contemplating how she could best reach out to her students to be able to show them something about Christ. She came upon the idea from the flowers that she liked to grow, that there was a particular seed. It looked like an ugly brown potato. And yet when this ugly brown potato-like seed was planted in the ground, it would produce the most beautiful flower. And she thought to herself, if she could gather some of these, she could give them to the students in her Sunday school class, it could really demonstrate how a person's heart can change and how there can be beauty from some ugly brown potato-like thing. And so gathering the the few pennies that she could and wanting to do her best to teach her class, she she purchased what she thought would be enough and and she came to church that Sunday. But what she didn't know is that there was a young girl, a young teenage girl, just 13 or 14 years old. Uh, This girl had come from the poor side of town Her mother had passed away. She was living just with her father. When her father would go to work, she was cared for by an aunt, but the aunt wasn't very attentive. She really enjoyed reading novels, and so as long as as this little girl, Polly, didn't burn down anything and she didn't steal anything, she pretty much let Polly do whatever she pleased. On this particular day, Polly had traveled about seven miles across the city. And as she was walking that Sunday morning, she, she heard some singing, some hymns. She had never been to church before. She decided to go inside. She stayed through the end of the service. And then, you know, the Sunday school teacher said, now the young people will gather in the Sunday school rooms and so she went along and was given this ugly brown potato like seed and the teacher began to teach it and to tell the students about how Jesus Christ changes people's lives and how with the light of Christ inside we can become better than we are, that we can be transformed. And little Polly began to, to contemplate and she began to think, you know, this sounds like just kind of a story. A nice story that Sunday school teachers tell, but, you know, just kind of a story. And, and I, I don't really know about it, but she decided she would give it a chance. And so she took the ugly brown potato-like seed home with her. And she thought, you know what? If what the Sunday school teacher said about this seed is true, then I will begin to try to make some changes in 
my own heart. For, like I told you, little Polly had never been to church. Her mother was gone. She was living a pretty hard existence. She didn't even really have her own room, just kind of slept up in the, the loft of the little apartment that her father rented. And she had, indeed, people would say, a sharp tongue. And, and she was kind of a bitter little girl. And yeah, you know, she kind of knew what she was doing. She kind of knew that she was hard and bitter. She understood that maybe it would be all right to change a, a little bit, but really, what was the motive? Well, that Sunday afternoon, she, she went to her father, who was almost afraid of her. Like I said, she had a sharp tongue. And she was kind of bitter. And she said, Dad, I would like you to buy me a flower pot. And he was like, oh, uh, all right, I can do that. And, and, and Dad, I'm going to share a secret with you because, you know, the, the Sunday school teacher, the, the what? But I, I, I was in Sunday school on, on Sunday. The Sunday school teacher said that this ugly brown potato-like thing could grow into a beautiful flower, and I don't want anyone else to know about it because it's probably not going to work out. And so it's just going to be a secret between you and me. I don't want you to tell anyone that. And, and, and the dad said, well, okay. But secretly he was happy that he kind of had a secret to share with his daughter because it was really hard for, for them to talk about anything. And she had such a, a sharp tongue and it, it, just, it just was difficult. And so the, the dad, kind of with a smile, Right, he, he did go and he took the little bit of money that they, they had and he bought a, a beautiful flower pot. And, and little Polly planted the seed. Well, she, she cared for it and she tended it and she worked to the best of her ability and it, it began to grow. At first, you know, the little green shoots came up out of the ground and she was, you know, pretty excited. Wow, something was happening. And then the Sunday school teacher had timed it. So, you know, just about when Easter was rolling around, right, the beautiful flowers began to bloom. And so on that Sunday before Easter, right, she came back and she was all excited and, you know, talking to the Sunday school teacher. And, you know, I, I never really thought about the, the commitment, but, you, you know, you think about a, a little 14-year-old girl making a seven-mile trip one way to the church through the winter in Flint, Michigan. That was some dedication, wasn't it? But Easter was coming around, and, you know, she's all excited, and, and she said, but teacher, I don't want to bring mine to the church on Easter. And the teacher said, well, you know, everyone else is bringing theirs for the, the Easter service. And, and she, she said, no, I, I'm going to keep mine at home. And the teacher said, well, you know, okay. 
you know, I I understand it. It's maybe hard to you know carry it on the on the bus or however you get here, and you know all the the problems. You know, I I guess that's fine. Well, what the the Sunday school teacher didn't realize is that little Polly had decided that she was going to teach people about Jesus. And so in their little apartment, she set her beautiful flower pot. And beforehand, she had been going around, she especially wanted to reach out to the young guys that sold newspapers on the street corner at the time, the newsies, she called them. And, you know, there was a fellow down the street that played the piano, it's over at the bar, but, you know, he, he had a piano that was on wheels and he could roll that around. And she thought, you know, if he could roll his piano down there and, and play a little tune for the service. And, and she would tell people about how that ugly brown potato had grown into this beautiful flower. And that in that very same way, people's hearts could change. And even if they were like an ugly brown potato on the inside, they could become something beautiful, something wondrous as they began to experience the love of Jesus Christ. Well, the the Sunday school teacher, she was especially prayerful, especially concerned about her students, like I said, and and she'd been praying for a little Polly, and Easter morning rolled around, and, and, and she woke up, and she said to her brother, you know, I'd really like to go check on Polly today, and her brother was, it's Easter. What are you talking about? We're gonna miss the service in our church on, on Easter Morning, what are you thinking? And she said, you know, it's just really been laid on my heart that I, I want to go and see how Polly is doing. And so they, they kind of took a, a bus and they arrived kind of in the back of the apartment building and, and, you know, they were kind of thinking, well, maybe we should go around to the front and properly introduce ourselves. But the back door opened and the, the dad came out and, and, and suddenly... You know, he's saying, oh, you know, the, the apartment is full and there's a big crowd in, in, in front, but if you want to join in, that's wonderful. And, and, and so they went inside. And Polly, she's talking about her flower. And then here's the Sunday school teacher that showed me all of this. And that teacher, she was then able to tell a crowd of people simply from the street about Jesus Christ and how much he loves everyone and how he can take our hearts that are sometimes like an ugly brown potato and turn them into something wonderful. Dear friends, from that singular experience, from this little girl, Polly, just strained seven miles from home in a big city on a Sunday morning, being brought into that Sunday school class, being touched by that particular Sunday school teacher, 
These people learned of Christ. And there were enough there that they gathered together and wanted to form a church. And dear friends, the reason I love telling that particular story is because that was my grandfather's first church. He came from seminary, kind of in the midst of the depression, going to Flint, Michigan, didn't even have a, a parsonage to live in, didn't even have a church building uh, to preach in. Called by uh, people from a, a community that maybe had no idea what church was supposed to be like, what, what a, a congregation really was, just called by a group of people to come and be the pastor. And he was. And he, he grew that church from nothing with the help of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it all started with just a little girl straying seven miles from home on a Sunday morning. You see, it, it doesn't matter how young you are. You can make a difference for Jesus. I also like to tell this story about Mrs. Pepper. You know, uh, Mrs. Uh, Pepper, she grew to old age. She was in a, a retirement home. Things, you know, seemed kind of hard. Her, her roommate, you know, was kind of bitter and angry. But Mrs. Pepper, every Easter, she liked to gather together, you know, 12 flowers, whatever that she could get her hands on, you know, to have 12 flowers. It was just kind of her thing on Easter. And on Easter morning, she would get up and go to her home church. Oftentimes she had to, to ride the bus. You know, she had to, uh, you know, make do. She didn't really have transportation. She didn't even have loved ones really around to take her places. But so she would get up on Easter morning and, you know, her roommate would kind of grump and complain. But, you know, she'd put a smile on her face and give one of the flowers to her roommate. She said, I'll, I'll be back in a little while. She would, would go out and, you know, and she got on the bus and she gave a, a flower to the bus driver. You know, he smiled a little bit. It's not often the, the bus driver gets like an extra a thing or a tip or a, a flower, but she gave one to him and, and, and she went on her way and she got to the church and on that particular Sunday, the pastor, he really was laid upon his heart. He wanted to raise money for single moms so that they could maybe have a, a night out. So a, a babysitter could be hired to take care of their kids and, you know, they, they can maybe go, go out for dinner somewhere or they can have a little bit of time away from their children. And, and so in his sermon, in his presentation, he was talking about this and he said, now let's pass the collection plate. Well, Mrs. Ashton was kind of sitting there on her left and Mrs. Ashton was really wealthy and, you know, you could just kind of hear her harumph, you know. Who cares about this kind of penalty ministry? But he wants to donate to 
that why should these single moms be given extra money for babysitters and you know kind of muttering under her breath but the the plate was uh, coming along and Mrs. Pepper opened up her purse and she pulled out everything that she had. Well, it was only like $7 because like I said, she's an elderly lady. She's living in a retirement home. She's on kind of a fixed income. But she pulled out everything that she had, $7, and she put it in the offering plate. Well, Mrs. Ashton, not, not to be outdone, and she had to open up her wallet and, and pull out what she had. Well, she had $100 at the time, put it in the plate. And then the plate went down the aisle and circulated through the congregation. And, and people seeing a $100 bill lying in there said, well, I better give something too so I don't look bad. And a lot of money was collected. As she was leaving, she thanked the pastor, told him what a, a good sermon he had preached and what a wonderful service it was. And the pastor said to her, it wasn't nearly as wonderful as the sermon you preached. And she said, what? The pastor is getting confused. <laughs> He's getting kind of old, I guess. The, the sermon I preached, what, what is he talking about? He says. Well, Mrs. Ashton then invited this nice lady to come home with her for an Easter lunch. She had the, the chauffeured car driven around, you know. And, well, unfortunately, she kind of snapped at her chauffeur. He wasn't quite fast enough getting back there to open up the door and, and, and let them in. And, and, you know, she could notice that, you know, he was kind of crestfallen and, and he was feeling kind of bad about that. But uh, nevertheless, she made it to the, the house and they had a, a wonderful meal, food that she hadn't had for years, a, a wonderful dessert prepared by the chef. And, oh, my. What a meal. And she looked around and, and said, you, you know, you, you have such a, a large house. How many children do you have? Well, I, I, I don't have any. My daughter passed away. Well, such a, a, such a big house and, and, you know, no, no children. Well, yeah, and it, it's really strange because my, my brother has five children. And he's really poor. Now here I have all this money and I don't have anybody to share it with and there's my brother and he can barely support his five children. Oh, it's so sad. Have you ever thought about, you know, maybe taking in some of your brother's children? Yeah, you have plenty of room. Well, no. No, I haven't thought about that. Well, she's getting ready to leave, and, and she heard Mrs. Ashton on the telephone. She's talking to her brother. She said, yeah, you, you know your, your oldest daughter, the one that wanted to study music? I, I really think that I could use her here at my house to help me out. And while she's here, she could go to the local university. And, and how about that, that son of yours, the one that, that's just graduated from high school, wants to be an architect? Maybe you could send the boy along too, and they could keep each other company. 
Well, she got back into the uh, chauffeured car. She could see that the young man was, was really, really upset that he seemed, you know, really distant. And she remembered how he kind of been, you know, snapped at uh, by Mrs. Ashton. And, and she began to talk to him. And, and she found out that, you know, that he kind of had plans with the maid that they were going to get married and this was going to kind of be their life. But after the way he was treated, he was thinking about just quitting and going off to California. And so he had had a big fight with his girlfriend and, you know, he just was ready to, to just quit and just leave. Well, she still had two flowers left. She gave one to him. He put it in his little lapel. And she said, you know, what for young people everything is always so dramatic I bet if you just went and apologized to your girlfriend if you just tell her you know you're having a bad day and and that you know things were going to be all right I bet she'd just take you back with open arms your engagement would be back on again I'm sure if you just go it'll be fine and looking down at the flower and his little lapel of his suit coat. A smile came back to his face. <laughs> she got back home. There was the, the caretaker that you know maybe didn't really appreciate that she had been gone all day, right? She was just supposed to you know travel to the church and attend services and and travel back home again. And so she could see the, the caretaker was, was kind of cross, but she gave to her the last of her flowers. Happy Easter, she said. Oh, I forgot that it was Easter. With all the work and all the care, the uh, things that I have to accomplish, well, thank you for the flowers. See, Mrs. Pepper, even though elderly, even though in a nursing home, even though without much of an income, made a tremendous impact on the lives of every person that she touched. She really shared that love of Christ. Now, when you look at her on the surface, it maybe doesn't seem like she's doing all that much. Oh, she gave a flower to her roommate. Oh, she gave a flower to the bus driver. Oh, you know, she, she gave $7 to the offering plate of the church. Oh, in conversation, she, you know, just kind of talked to this other lady about, you know, sharing the room in her house. Gave a flower to the caretaker at the end of the day. But for each one of these people, their lives were significantly impacted, weren't they? For a single mom to be able to get money from the, the church that she could hire a babysitter, that she could spend some time on her own, just go out and get a meal by herself. For children of this poor family that have a wealthy aunt, to have the, the aunt invite at least two of them to come and move in and live with her and be able to attend the university. For the life of that young man working as a driver for a wealthy woman 
And he thinks that his engagement is destroyed and he's had this huge fight with his girlfriend. He's just going to quit his job and run off to California to have that little bit of hope again. I have a flower in my lapel. I can go in and make it up with my girlfriend. We can put things back together. You see, dear friends, that is what Easter is really all about, isn't it? Is it our heart that has become kind of hard and even ugly and brown like a potato can blossom and flourish once again? Is it no matter if I'm just a a little young person or if I'm an elderly person at the end of my time, I can still make a difference. But simply a kind word, a a, a little act of kindness, a, a little something that lifts another person's spirit and helps them go on, helps them make it through the day. And that's what Easter is, isn't it? Think about the original disciples. Our Lord and Savior has been struck down. He's been crucified upon the cross. We're told that the disciples, for fear, the same thing would happen to them. They're hiding. They're afraid. They don't know what's going to happen. They're locked inside. The curtains are pulled for fear of the repercussions. And then our Lord and Savior rises from the tomb. His life restored. He's no longer dead. He's living. The apostles, because of that singular event, are given great bravery, aren't they? They're able to go out into a world that really hates them, despises them. They're able to overcome great obstacles. They're able to continue to share the love of Jesus with those all around. At one moment afraid, Jesus is gone. And then he returns, then he is restored and their hope blossoms anew, doesn't it? And they have such great courage that they're able to go and face even death. Those original 11 disciples remaining at the resurrection of Jesus, we're told 10 of them died martyrs' deaths. See, 10 of them. They're executed. They were murdered. They were cast out. The apostle Paul following in their footsteps were told of the great ordeals that he underwent. That he was beaten with one inch rods on several occasions. That one time he had stones thrown at him until people thought he was dead and they just left him lying there in a field. Can you imagine getting up and coming back from something like that? You were beaten and and you were stoned and people told you how much they hated you and how much they hated your message and still you went back and told it again. 
See, this is the strength that comes from Christ. That you and I have this message. That God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We have this wonderful message to provide. And this message, it lifts people up, doesn't it? And this message, it can change people's hearts. And this message is why we're here today. That our hearts, though grown shriveled and hard from the experiences that we have had, can become soft and beautiful once again. And that our lives, no matter what our age is, that we're just a young little girl, that we're a little bit older and losing our hair, that we too can still make a difference. When we tell people about the great love of our Savior. Amen. May the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in your hearts and minds now and always. Amen.